Thanks, Angela. Hey, everyone. My name's Ming, and Happy New Year. Uh, we've got a bit of a passage tonight, and I think the conditions are a little hot, so why don't we pray to God and ask him to help us hear his word rightly. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you have spoken to us, you have given us your word, and it is relevant to our lives each and every day. As we hear and discuss about defining moments of people here tonight, may these experiences be ones that glorify and honor you, pointing people to your son, Jesus. Please help us to understand your word rightly tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes a defining moment comes from a time where you don't know what to do next. Something unexpected happens, and you just don't know what's next. For me, this is a story that I've shared many times, but it still remains timeless because of how God has used it to shape and change me for years to come up until now. It was about this time four years ago when I first became a Christian. And it was this time four years ago where the life in the Yong family radically changed. I remember being on a road trip to the Coromandel, getting to hang out with some old high school friends and some new friends I'd just made. I was looking forward to this because as a very sheltered Asian, very typical sheltered Asian, I was fresh out of uni, and I actually hadn't been on many road trips because protective parents. We had just arrived at the place that we were staying, and I was feeling great. I'd finished uni, I had job offers, potential scholarship offers for postgrad. I was a Christian now, you know, life's going to be great. Um, I have new friends, things were looking up. But then, as I was looking around the house, I get a call from my dad. Son, there's been an emergency at home. We need you to come back now. I thought to myself, man, here goes my parents again. You know, they're nagging me as usual. They always do this. And it was already hard enough for me to be able to go on this trip and then being okay with it. And so I reply, is it really that urgent? You know, we only just got here. And I still remember the response of my dad, the, the, this in his voice so clearly. Son your mummy's probably going to die. We really need you to come back. I remember sitting in the car a bit over two hours for a long car trip, anxious, confused, and in despair. That's all I was given. No one was picking up their phone calls or replying my messages. Your mum is probably going to die. I remember the whole car trip back, two long hours, thinking to myself, What's going on? What's going to happen? Is my mum actually going to die? Fast forward a couple of days later, my mum's in a coma. She's had a stroke and she's living on life support alone. I remember sitting next to her bedside all day, all night, just sometimes sleeping on, you know, on the couch in the hospital, wondering, what, what can I do? I felt helpless. I was feeling really gloomy. And as a young baby Christian, fresh Christian, I just sat there and I was thinking to myself, I'm a Christian now. I should be praying, right? Maybe I should be reading the Bible, I think. I didn't really know what I was doing. But I whipped out my Bible and one of the first passages I flicked to was Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. We rejoice in our afflictions because it produces perseverance proven character, and hope. And this passage has stuck with me ever since. Now, in all honesty, way back then, 
I probably didn't fully understand what this text was going on about, uh, but it is this passage that really has shaped and molded me and pointed me to Jesus for many things beyond this moment. And I thank God for pointing me to this passage because without it, I'm not sure if I'd have held on. I'm not sure if I'd had the right understanding or expectation of the Christian life. But, but God has been good, and he didn't just keep me through this moment, but he was preparing me for greater challenges to come. And friends, this passage has a profound message that talks about the hope, the assurance, the certainty we have as Christians, even through hardship, because we believe and belong to Jesus. So let's dig in. Now in our passage, chapter 5, verse 1, it's actually a concluding statement of the last four chapters of Romans. Check it out. It should be on the screen. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first word we see in chapter 5 is therefore. Because of chapters 1 to 4, therefore. And this statement is a truth. Not just a feeling, not just a nice thought, but a reality for all Christians. And according to this verse, we have now been declared righteous and are now at peace. Usually between one another, maybe your spouse, maybe your girlfriend or boyfriend, maybe a close friend or even a workmate, being right, being seen as right, and being at peace with one another can often be a point of tension. You know those arguments about whose way is better? No, 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 turn down here, it's faster. If you just left it to cook for longer, it'd have come out better. For, for, for gamers... If you just ganked my lane earlier, we would have won the game. For, for couples, you're always doing this, you're never doing that. Whatever it is, there's, there's this funny tension between being right while maintaining the peace. And with God, we, we suck at this even more. Our, our minds naturally think our way is better than God's way. <laughs> the Bible really said that? That's way too old school. We're not just struggling to have peace with one another, fighting over who's right and who's wrong, what's moral, what's immoral, but we've been at war with God all this time. And this has been what the first four chapters of Romans has been all about. And yet, this verse, this first verse, tells us that we can be seen as righteous while having peace with God at the same time. How is that possible? Well, Paul gets out a bright highlighter pen and highlights these words. By faith, through Jesus Christ. Should be on the screen again. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous, highlight a pen, by faith, we have peace with God, highlight a pen, through our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, by believing in Jesus Christ and through what he has done, we have this truth. We have peace with God, and he looks at us as righteous people. And we can be certain of this because getting these things doesn't come from our works, from any effort on our part. It doesn't come from turning over a new leaf to start off the new year and trying really hard to be good now. It comes from the sacrifice 
of the Lord Jesus Christ through him. It comes from the penalty he took in our place. And it's exactly that that gives us assurance. Because it isn't about figuring out whether or not we've done enough. It's a matter of who are you putting your confidence in? What are you believing? Jesus' works or my works? It really is that simple. Now, if the last four chapters of Romans has been about believing, Romans 5 is a turn that starts talking about belonging, belonging to Jesus. You might call yourself a Christian. You know, I believe. You say you believe. But what does that mean for me now? What does it mean to belong? And while there are tons of things in the Bible that talk about belonging to the Christian life, our passage addresses assurance through hardship, confidence despite suffering, certain about, certainty about the future to come to us, even though it might be hard to see. While we can call ourselves Christians because we believe in Jesus, every so often, pretty often actually, God chooses to give us trials that point us to the fact that we really do belong. Challenges that tell us we belong to Jesus. Now, there are many reasons for suffering and hardship listed in the Bible. And if you're currently going through suffering or hardship, this isn't meant to be a solution to fix whatever you're going through. But I hope that the reason for suffering listed here is encouraging for you as a Christian. That it reminds you and encourages you that you belong here. That God wants you and you can be confident in the eternal life to come with Jesus. So there's two parts I want to touch on regarding belonging to Jesus and hardship. And the first one is belonging means growing through hardship. Check it out, Romans 5, verse 3 to 4. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. Everyone likes an instant fix. What's the easy way out? I'd like to get A's for my exams, but I'd rather just cram than going to my lectures and reading my textbooks. I'd like to get abs and look ripped, or, or at least I do. But I wish I could just cut out the fat instead of dieting and gymming, going through those hard yards. And I, I'm pretty sure many of us have had those moments where we would rather eat a mee goreng than cook a proper, healthy meal. Whatever it is, in the end, some of the best things in life really do just take time. And the process of getting there can hurt and it can be hard. Studying doesn't always feel good. Exercise and dieting is difficult. Even building relationships can be a struggle. Sometimes we even find it hard to read our Bibles and pray. Trusting the process can be hard when we so badly want the end result right now. But this is a great question to ask ourselves to start off the year. Where is our heart at? What, what are we really desiring this year? What is good? What is best? What is right? Or simply what is comfortable and what is easy? Am I trying to do things the right way, faithfully, even though it might be hard? Or am I just trying to find the easy way out, even though it might lead to something shallow and hollow? Because you see, if you truly belong to God, if you're one of his people, he's going to transform you. He looks at you as one of his children, and he's going to shape you to become more like his son, Jesus. 
And one of the ways God does this is through hardships, trials, afflictions, to produce in us good things. Good things like perseverance and endurance, verse 3. Or, or, or patience, discipline, reliability. Just, just proven, good, godly character, verse 4. The hardships we go through produce good things. They mature us and grow us. Sometimes our hardships are from our own sin and our own mistakes. And God lets us go through it to teach us his ways are better than ours. Sometimes our hardships are from other people's sin and mistakes. And God gives us over to it to grow us to love more like Jesus. Whatever has caused the hardship, we know we belong to God because he wants what's best for us. He wants to grow us for our good. And I hope you can see that. Your suffering is not pointless. But, but, but that's not where it ends. It's, it's pretty easy to think that, to, to think, okay, so now I'm a Christian, I just, I just need to endure, persevere and, and tank it. I'm going to eat some concrete because this is good for me. It's going to grow my character and maturity. And that's what I genuinely thought as a baby Christian four years ago. I just, I just got to get through this, it's, it's good for me. And, and, and while that's all true, it's, it's not the whole picture. And this leads us on to our second point, under belonging to Jesus. Belonging to Jesus means hoping through hardship. And it's this very point that brings so much assurance, so much comfort that we truly do belong to God. Try to think for a moment. When we go through suffering or hardship and we keep holding on, keep persevering, why do we do that? Some might say we do things not because they're easy, but because they're hard. It's actually become somewhat of a meme. Check out this video. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. <laughs> that was JFK talking, but in reality, he was really just wanting to do hard things to test the limits of our strength. But the question I want us to reflect on is, what is truly keeping us going? One thing is for sure, our perseverance tells us a lot about what we want, what we believe in, what we expect, but ultimately what we hope for. And in the end, when the Christian endures through hardship, the rejection of friends or family because of your faith, being turned down for jobs or studies for whatever reason, going through mental health issues, physical health issues, financial issues, or even the death of a loved one like myself. God uses these things not to just grow our character, but to grow our hope. God uses these things to grow our belief, our desire, our expectation of eternal life. Not simply to hope in the things of this world, more money, more friends, more status, more romance, but to hope in God, to hope in something much greater. But here's the thing that I missed. And this part is the easy part to miss. God ultimately uses trials to assure us that he's holding on to us. And while that might sound strange at first, God uses hardship as a way to tell us that we belong to him. You see, throughout Romans up until this point, Paul makes clear that it is us believing by faith through Jesus that saves us. 
That's how we can call ourselves a Christian. But enduring through hardships doesn't just grow us as people. It affirms that we really do believe this. It affirms that we're expecting and hoping for something better. That, that's why we hold on. And it's this exact hope, this exact belief that is saving us in the first place. Have a look. Romans 5, verse 4 to 5. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We believe and hold on because God's Spirit is in us. Our endurance tells us that when we hold on, God's Holy Spirit is working in us to keep going, to keep believing and hoping. God's got you. Do you see that? It's like a positive feedback loop. God gives us trials to grow us in hope and belief, and us enduring tell us we actually have this hope and belief. And it's this hope and belief that is saving us. Isn't that assuring? You, you can't lose. This made me wonder, though, what if I do fail? What happens when I struggle to hold on? What if I am someone who's sitting here tonight and I've given up before? Does that mean God's Spirit really isn't in me? I want to encourage you that if you are one of these people, He's still holding on to you. He's still chasing you. That's why you're here tonight. And we Run to Jesus because Jesus endured through the greatest trial for us. He faced all of God's anger and wrath. Jesus faced it all and held on for us. Not because he desired anything for himself, because he desired you. When we struggle to believe, when we fail to hold on, run back to Jesus and find rest. Rest in Jesus because he held on and persevered for us. As we start off this year, I hope that through hardship, I don't want us to just simply, I'm going to rejoice despite the trials that I'm going to go through. I don't want us to just think, I'm not going to complain about my suffering this year. But to actually rejoice in our suffering. Be thankful for it. I get that might be a weird thing to say. But as, as Christians, when we go through hardship, it truly is an opportunity to see God working tangibly in us, telling us that we belong to him. An opportunity to see what we really believe, to see what we are really hoping in. But what about the people who don't go through hardship, the Christians that haven't experienced much suffering yet? I don't think this is common, but I don't want you to take this passage to mean that you should go looking for suffering as if you need that assurance that you belong. But I want you to take this passage and remember that one day, if or when you go through hardship, God has not left you. The Christian who struggles to fit in with their classmates or workmates, they stand firm in their beliefs despite facing rejection or mockery because their hope is not in other people and pleasing others, but in someone who is, isn't fickle, who never changes, their hope is in Jesus. The Christian who's battling loneliness. They don't seem to have many close friends. They feel alone. They keep going. They keep holding on because their hope is not in others satisfying their emotional needs, but the certain hope that they are loved by God and he has shown that through Christ. The Christian who is diagnosed with cancer, as they bear with that terrible news and hold on, their hope is not in this life. 
the weakness of our bodies, but in the life to come, eternal life with Jesus. The Christian whose family member is in a coma, unsure if that person's going to live or die, as they dwell on the fragility and unpredictability of this life, like I did. They hold on because they have a certain hope that will not disappoint, hope that isn't unpredictable, because Jesus truly is coming back. The hope we have as Christians is what motivates us to keep going. And when we hold on through hardship, that is evidence that God is holding on to us. Christians are at peace with God through believing in Jesus Christ and belonging to this hope, to this peace, grows through hardship. If you're someone that believes, I hope you start this year encouraged with the certainty of belonging to this hope. If you're someone that doesn't yet believe, I hope this message has encouraged you to believe and belong to Jesus. Four years ago, through the hardship of seeing my mom nearly die, she's still alive, God was simply preparing me for more to come. Because one year later after my mom, about three years ago from today, my dad passed away. And I can truly say that death is incredibly terrible. But it doesn't have to be the end. Yes, there has been hardship in my life, but God has been faithful. He's held on to me, and I know that now more than ever. Whatever hardship you might be going through or will go through, may God's word point you to Jesus, remind you that God is faithful and will hold on to you, even if you feel like you don't have the strength to hold on. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we know the truth, but we don't always feel it. We hear the truth, but we don't always see it. As we go about our lives in our broken state, as we go through the many trials ahead of us, please protect us. Please hold on to us. Help us to feel your love and warmth. Help us to take hold of what your Son has done for us. And we look forward to that day when he returns and there won't be any more death or suffering or tears. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.